0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022, and today we're reading from the big book and we're in the chapter more about alcoholism. We're on page 30, the fourth paragraph, we are like men who have lost their legs, ending with science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet, reading that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service for the month of September, for the 12 steps, Kathy M, 12 traditions, Kathy F, and reading the text are Craig F and Colleen M. The newcomer greeter is Karen W, and the host of the second hour is Penny C. The reference numbers for Monday, September 26, 2022, for the 7, 7 a.m. meeting is 19,449. That's 1,9449. 4, 4, 9. And for the ten AM meeting is nineteen thousand four hundred and fifty. That's one nine four five O. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, who share experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. O.A. is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of O.A. to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. O.A.'s fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. I will now ask Kathy M to read the 12 steps.
1: Star one to unmute Kathy. Good morning. This is
2: Kathy M. in Michigan, recovering compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. We sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our
0: affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to be of service and have a great day. Thank you, Kathy. Um, Okay, I will now ask Kathy S. to read the 12 traditions.
3: Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern.
0: and for readers it's six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to
4: what was read.
0: We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book, and we're in Chapter 3, page 30, the fourth paragraph. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. And ending with that one paragraph only, um, and I will ask Craig F. to begin reading.
5: Okay, this is Craig F., Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. Neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men. We have tried every imaginable remedy. In some instances, there has been brief recovery followed always by a still worse relapse. Physicians who are familiar with alcoholism agree that there is no such thing as making a normal drinker have an alcoholic. Science may one day accomplish this, but it hasn't done so yet well um you know the first is in the side the uh uh science is a wonderful thing. medical science has accomplished a lot and and there is some hope that they could that with stem cells that they can make people uh, regrow legs you know I uh heard a talk the other day that they are capable and they're in clinical trials on regrowing teeth that uh, the stem cell research. And and uh, you know that uh, that there's hope that they're close on having the knees and hip joints regrow rather than have to be replaced, which uh, 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 surgery that I'm facing with my knees uh, from years of being overweight. But um, you know they haven't done so yet. But he, uh, he, I, I don't think that there's going to be a stem cell treatment for uh, my compulsive overeating. Um, you know, no matter what happens, you know, even though I've had a spiritual awakening, even though I've had a uh, a rearrangement uh, as promised uh, of my uh, an upheaval of my personality, uh, it didn't cure me of being a compulsive overeater. Um it put a pause between me, between me and that first compulsive bite, it's all it did. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I I think it's oh. important that I remember that, that I, that I, I carry that, that I'm going to carry this disease to my grave. That uh, uh, one way or the other, uh, that uh, um, you know, no matter what I do, no matter how long I'm abstinent. No matter how many meetings I attend or uh, sponsees I help, that I'm still a, uh, just a compulsive overeater, and I'm still one bite, uh, one compulsive bite of a, a allergic or tri- trigger food from, from a from a relapse. That that the degree that the disease is permanent, progressive, and pathetal. That uh, it permanent, it's never going to go away. Progressive, as a matter of fact, it's going to continue to get worse uh, in, in waiting. That if it comes, that if I let it back through the door, that it's going to be worse than when it left. Uh, and it is fatal, uh, that it will kill me. And it wants to kill me. And, uh, you know, I have to be conscious of that every day. And my sponsor reminds me every day. That I have to do more and better. Uh, you know, what am I going to do today to, uh, uh, to treat my compulsive overeating? What, what, what am I going to do today? And what am I going to improve on? Well, uh, how am I going to stay ahead of this disease? Uh, because it's not going away. It hasn't gone away. I may have had a resp- uh, respite. I may have had a, a period of recovery, but it's still lurking there, uh, waiting on me. And and you know, that isn't uh, to be morbid about it. Time. Uh, thank you, but it isn't to be morbid about it, it is to be realistic about it and to say that this is a wonderful way of life, these steps, this program, and I, and, uh, I need to pursue it with my whole heart and, and my whole passion, and with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Craig, for getting us started. On this paragraph, um, uh, we are like men who have lost their legs. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this paragraph? Katie G. from Boston.
6: Larry K.
4: Barbara E.
1: Dana P. Noreen. Julie P. Okay. Okay. Um, Noreen B. Noreen D. From Ireland. Okay. Okay.
0: Barbara. I have. Uh huh. Barbara who? Okay, I have Katie G. Larry K. Barbara E. Um. Dana P. I think. Julie P. And Noreen D. Was there someone else I missed? Another Barbara?
1: Anyone else want to jump in this first line up?
0: Okay, well let's go with this list. Um, go ahead please, Katie G followed by Larry K. Hi, Katie, good morning. This is
7: Katie G recovered from compulsive eating, anorexia, and bulimia in Boston. I never used to like this paragraph, but um, I'm loving this. So if I have no legs, right, like I need to accept for me, I'm a distinct entity, right? Like I don't, um, the delusion that I'm like normal people has to be smashed. Ever since I was a little girl, I felt empty inside and I used starving, exercising and overeating to fill me up. And then I used people and praise, you know, and today I accept I have no legs and what happens I don't know I mean I have legs so I'm just conjecturing Um, you know when I first lose my legs um, you have to go through a period of healing I was placed in the hospital four months ago um, with my sponsor and I was um, 10 pounds heavier than I am right now I was asked to surrender exercise entirely and if that scares you it scared me I didn't know how to live without exercise Right. So then I'm in my period of hospitalization where the PT is coming in, right, and starting to work with me. So my sponsor started to work with me. She taught me who I am. I am a compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic of the hopeless variety, right? And I have tried every imaginable remedy. Going to the gym, not exercising alone, only exercising alone, not getting on the scale, having my husband hide the scale, countless vain attempts, countless vain, vain remedies, right? And um, and then I stayed in the hospital right until I had gotten through step twelve, and I am absolutely convinced that the that God has entered into my mind and heart in a way that is indeed miraculous. But as our previous speakers shared, I get worse, never better. It's like with my bones, right? So I was diagnosed with osteopenia when I was eighteen. I I continue to have to take bone density uh, or bone uh, pills for my bones and goes to bone density scans, right? So I may be out of PT, but I have a closed loop. So what is my remedy today? What is my remedy today? Well, it begins with entire honesty. I want to say God. But if it was just god i would have a one-page big book it would say go to god right so i need to start with entire abstinence and entire honesty and that means each and every day asking myself what am i hiding what am i getting off on what am i like the scale what is my happy thought is it god or am i trying to steal a little vicarious pleasure you know with getting on the scale or lying i can't do anything without honesty and it's surrender, and it's using the tools, it's calling people. I know we hate when we talk about this, but it is, I'll be I'll be done in one minute, it is going to meetings and taking quiet time and seeking God and talking to others, and most significantly, it is intensive, inconvenient, wonderful work with other women a day at a time who we can um, grow and change together. So if you're not on the boat, get on. We can help
1: you. We've got a hospital and a solution, and God, with that I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Larry K, you're up,
0: followed by Barbara E.
6: Thanks, Katie. Uh, Larry K, recovered uh, from Chicago, and uh, thanks for your service, Katie. And thanks, uh, Craig, for getting us started. Um, I'm gonna sort of continue with that that theme that you brought up. You know, again, it, it, and I'll zero in on neither does there appear to be any kind of treatment which will make alcoholics of our kind like other men and um, you know, questions are really important for me to ask of myself, and I, and I, um, I don't have all the answers. I don't have, much, I don't have any of the answers, really. Um, but, I, but some questions, you know, for example, will, will, I don't know, will surgical interventions, I mean, there's people on this line that have had gastric bypass. I'm not judging at all, but will that change a compulsive overeater into a normal eater? How about prescribed medications, you know, uh, again, no, no, you know, just with regard to what this paragraph says, you know, will that, um, you know, will that change a compulsive overeater into a normal eater? You know, how about an area near and dear to my own heart? I, I'm a big fan of psychoanalytic treatments and so forth. I think they're great. I think uh, they're helpful to people. You know, if we dig into our past, and if we delve enough into our past and process those feelings and emotions, will that change a compulsive overeater into a normal eater? Will that will that remove? You know, will that change the allergy, the abnormal physical reaction? Will it remove the obsession? Yet, in, you know, in modern times, we've we've certainly tried to look at these different remedies. I remember. My mother finding a, a medication in, in, in the 1990s called Fenfen. Probably some of you remember Fenfen, and um, it, it, and and they took it off the market because it, it, apparently there was research done and it, it it created some heart problems. But here's the thing: the reason I share it was because for the first time I remember her grieving when they took it off the market. For the first time, she said she felt normal around food. And she lost a ton of weight and they took it off. They took Fenfen off the market. And uh, so these are questions I ask of myself. You know, the only thing that I've found that has been uh, a permanent, sustainable solution is having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. It's not a perfect process, but that has enabled me to uh, not to compulsively overeat and to be you know, reasonably comfortable in my own skin and to grow in my relationship with my higher power. It's the only thing that's ever worked for me. And uh, so, yes, I don't think I'll ever be a, a normal person. I have the allergy, but that that obsession's been lifted. It's been lifted. This does work. And I'm grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie.
1: Perfect timing, Larry. Thank you. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Dana P. I think it's P. No, I'm positive. Barbara Star One.
0: Okay, I thought Barbara had said her name. Um let's go with Dana P.
4: Oh, would Dana like to go first? I did, but it kept muting me. Okay, go ahead, Barbara. Okay. Well, thank you. This, I, I feel personally like when we read the chapter, there is a solution. Oh, I felt hope. Here it was. I found the solution. And now we're reading more about alcoholism. And I feel like it's saying, this is going to kill you, girl. This is going to kill you. And I was sure that I could stop. But I couldn't. I couldn't be a normal drinker. And I think the most important words I heard once at a meeting was, you can't fix a broken brain with a broken brain. And my brain was certainly broken because I kept on going back to the foods that were killing me. I couldn't stop myself. I knew it was wrong. I felt it in the depths of my soul. But there was something pulling me back, a thread that wanted me to eat those things. Now, I read that uh, perhaps if you think you're not a compulsive eater, why don't you have a slice of this every day for a week or a month and see how that works? I would never recommend that to someone. Give me a sliver. I want the whole slice up. I'd gone to Costco and bought a whole sheet cake and had it signed, Happy Birthday, Barbara, and then came home and ate the whole thing and still went on to eat dinner. And unfortunately, many healthcare professionals, as well as patients, consider obesity to be a lifestyle disease that people are just lacking in willpower and if we could just push away from the table, we wouldn't have a problem. But I believe obesity is really a very complex disease, at least for me. For many years, many decades, organizations have really studied the problem of obesity and problems with food issues and fought to treat it as a disease. It deserves to be. It isn't an absence of my willpower or an ability to count calories or carbs. It's much more complicated. And I think the food industry has a lot to do with it. I don't know where you live. Maybe you live out in the middle of nowhere. But as I drive down the street, there's a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a Starbucks, there's a Burger King, there's um, a McDonald's. They throw food at us everywhere. And there's so much... um, Stigma and bias and discriminica- discrimination against people with obesity, and recognizing problems with food issues takes the onus away from our personal responsibility and places it on the conditions that were that are driving the problem. And my problem is I can't stop eating, and I am time. To, thank you. I'm running down the street to get the food that I know is going to kill me. So my choice is do I want to live or do I want to die? And this program, this process, this book can help me choose to live. Thank you. I pass.
8: Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Dana P., you're up, followed by Julie P., Thanks, Katie. Uh, Dana P. Here, I'm um, recovered in California from compulsive overeating and vomit uh, bulimia. It's really great to be on the line this morning. And every time I hear this paragraph, and thanks, uh, thanks, Craig, for the lead-in as well. And really, everybody that's here, I always, always get a little gem from each and every share. Um, and recognizing that there are over 400 people here, and that's amazing to me. Um, so I read this this paragraph and it talks about being normal, right? You know, this, we want to be normal and I always wanted to be normal. I wanted to be happy. And the fact of the matter is really, there is no normal, you know, what is normal, normal eater, normal drinker, normal human being. I'm just me, you know, I'm just me. And what comes to me is that all this, all these years I fought this disease and I wanted to be different. Um, Didn't want the disease, wanted the disease and really struggled around all of that. And, and so this paragraph takes me back to when I was a, a girl and a young woman, even for that matter. I had a great uncle um, who had literally lost his legs. Um, he, They thought it was because of smoking, very likely because there's vascular disease in, in our family. Um, and he lost his legs, one below the knee and one at the hip level. And so he had these wooden legs. Um, so this is in the 20s when he lost his legs. And when I knew him was later on in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, and he had these wooden legs and he walked with these wooden legs and he lived up in the mountains and he, he always told us how great it was that he had these wooden legs and we're like, what? Cause he would walk with crutches when he would go out um, and he had this beautiful garden and mountains and it was amazing and lots of rattlesnakes. And it was like, how cool is that that I have wooden legs because the rattlesnakes won't get me. And we always had to be looking for rattlesnakes and, What I realize now is I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I have tools. I have the God of my understanding as a result of working through these steps and working uh, with the tools of recovery. um, I'd rather have my wooden legs than the legs that I had before. Um, So I'm really grateful for the disease this morning, thinking thinking about that, um, that I'm not normal. and I'm not different. I'm not different either because every single one of you, you know, our stories are different, but we're all the same. We're all human beings trying to, trying to make it, you know, trying to find happiness, trying to find joy. And in this program, um, I, I recognize that it's right here right now with me, just who I am, accepting who I am, and continuing, 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 as the book says. So I keep on doing it, 10, 11, and 12 every single day and um just grateful. So thanks again, I'm gonna pass.
0: Thank you, Dana. Okay, uh, next is Julie P followed by Noreen D.
4: Good morning, this is Julie P, gratefully recovered in Minnesota. Thank you all for your service this morning and for everybody on the line. You know, I am so amazed every time I read a listen and read words out of this big book that they're writing this book about me. I will never be a normal eater. And today is a big day in my life. I turned 60. I have been very busy celebrating 60 days of my journey. I have been everywhere from Mexico to Alaska to North Carolina. I've walked on beaches with grizzly bears. And I've caught halibut and sat in a field of a million daffodils. But this morning, here's tears of gratitude. I have found recovery during my 60
9: days. Food is no longer my master. The search and rescue came out in April by someone who said, action, action, action. Set your alarm. Go to those Vision for You meetings. And a vision for you has changed my life. Thank you, everybody, for sharing your recovery with me. And thank you for my Sherpa who's taken me up the mountain. And for that, I'm truly blessed. And the gift of recovery is something I could never have imagined.
1: And living in these promises, I'm just grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, and happy birthday. Okay, um, Julie P., you're up, followed by Noreen D. Julie P., star one. That was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, Uh, yeah, that's right. I got the wrong names here. Okay, Noreen D., go go ahead, please, and then we'll take another list.
10: Lovely, thank you. Hi, um, I'm Noreen D. Recovered compulsive for Eater. And thank you, moderator, and everybody for being at the meeting. Um, you're keeping me sane and well and alive. Um, <clears throat> so we're like men who've lost their legs. They never grow new ones. I'll never go back. Uh, I don't know if I ever was a normal eater, but I know I never will be. But it's okay. There's a solution. I came into the meetings. I was told uh, straight away about the solution. And people who people who opened up the meetings shared that with me their recovery, and um, uh, I couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, nobody knew about this. I thought it was a secret, and it was very uncomfortable listening to it because I thought they had a spotlight on me, but they didn't. They were just talking about their own stories. Um. Uh, neither does there any, appear to be any kind of treatment, which make alcoholics uh, of our kind like other men. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll never be a um, a normal eater. And that's okay because I have this solution and it's after bringing me into the presence of my higher power, whom I absolutely love and who um, not only gets me through the day, keeps me abstinent, of course, from the start. The promises uh, from the start were there for me, um, but shows me a way of life, as they say in the big book, incredibly more wonderful as time passes. Areas I thought I'd never go back into, I thought I'd never go back to work. Uh, That door was shut from fear. Uh, I was in a fear room that um, doesn't get better when I stay safe in my own head. It just shrinks. It keeps getting smaller. My life gets smaller and I can't handle more and more things. And in recovery, it's expanded. Life's expanded. I'm, you know, able for life only with my higher power. He upholds me. (laughs) He guides me. He holds my hand through it all. It's just wonderful. And this is from somebody who didn't trust. I don't I don't trust. Um. I suppose maybe especially higher power, especially people. But he's shown <laughs> he's shown me he's built it up and how he's built it up. I don't know. I've just done my small bit, uh, my each day and every single thing that's come up in my life that I've used program on. He's just used it somehow to bring me into line with him, to advance me. He's really advanced me spiritually, bringing me closer to him, I think, and bringing me to where he wants me to be, bringing me to how he's made me. Um, But I can't get that life as he's made me, the gifts he's pouring into me. I can't access that life with this illness because it it takes my life. It takes me from me. It takes me from my family. It takes my family from me, relationships, neighbours, friends, everything. Um, it shuts me off but this expands us. My higher power expands me and brings me out into life and I don't have to tackle fear because he's showing me how to live and he's recently told me, repeatedly you're out in the depths in the middle of the stream. I was in the shallows and I was too scared to go in and it's a load of fun in the stream. It's real life. And <laughs> he has me there and it does get overwhelming and I think I want to be perfect. Time, please. Yeah, no, uh, I don't have to be perfect, I just have to be my your parent past pass there. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much, Noreen. And Julie, I'm sorry I got your name mixed up there. Now I remember all of that. Okay. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So who else would like to um, share on this fourth paragraph on page 30? We are like <coughs> men who have lost their legs.
3: Katie Alan B. Jackie
0: yeah. A. Joanne P.
1: Kathy S. Sharon P.
4: R.
0: Sharon P. Okay, I, Okay. here's who I have. Katie, I think it was B Is in Bravo. Jackie, Joanne, Kathy S, and Sharon P. Who else?
1: Julie
11: B from California.
0: Ken A. Callie <coughs> C. Julie B. And who who was it after Julie B?
10: Carol L. Ken
0: a. Okay, I'm I'm hearing three names at once. So if you all could go one at a time. Callie C.
1: Callie C. Cheryl L.
0: Cheryl L. Okay, let's go with this list. We have Katie B, Jackie, I'm not sure your initial, Joanne, Kathy S, Sharon P, Julie B, Callie C, and Cheryl L. Go ahead, Katie.
1: Star one, Katie. Hi,
12: can you hear me? Sorry.
0: Yes, I can. Okay,
12: okay, I was talking away. Okay, hi, this is Katie B. Um, in New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm looking at page 31 where it says we've tried every imaginable remedy, and I just think back to all of the remedies that I tried, and I did think I had some brief recovery, but honestly it was just if I had hit a goal weight, right? It wasn't real recovery because it says I'm not going to be a normal drinker if I'm an alcoholic and I'm not going to be a normal eater if I'm a compulsive overeater. And what I found would happen is I would diet down to my goal weight and then I would start adding in foods in moderation because that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Um, And every time I tried this, I was back in my disease. Um, And why? It's because I have no legs. So I can get down to my goal weight, and it doesn't mean my legs grow back. So when I try to take a step by moderately eating my alcoholic foods, I'm going to fall flat on my face because I have no legs. So I can't walk like a normal walker, and I can't eat like a normal eater. Um, And once I embraced myself as a compulsive overeater, right, once I embraced myself as a person with no legs, I can learn to live a full and wonderful life as a person with no legs. And once I embrace myself as a compulsive overeater who cannot safely eat my alcoholic foods, then I can learn through the 12 steps to live a full and wonderful life as a compulsive overeater. And so now instead of trying to fight my whole life to be a person with legs, I can just be a person without legs um, and I have stopped fighting and I just get to live happy joyous and free as I am and I'm so grateful and I love I love this paragraph and I hope you all have a great day thanks
0: thank you so much Katie and Jackie you're up followed by Joanne please give us your initial of your last name and what state you're from
13: Thank you so much. This is Jackie A. from Connecticut. And I enjoyed this paragraph, just the the phrasing of, like, the new legs. So I was 30 pounds heavier in program when I first started, and that was something that I had yo-yoed with prior to recovery. Um, I have my work badge from three years ago, and I look at it, side by side with my license picture and I blew up and my ego blew up back then and my self will and it showed up in my body it showed up in how I presented myself to others with like this self inflation this uh, this false pride um leaning on my professionalism leaning on past moral deeds and um And just relationships and how I felt like I served my community. And, and I was destroying myself and I went hiking last week and it was so cool to just have like so much blessings of a fellowship and know that that wasn't based on falsehood and on accomplishments. It was based on just love and wanting to see a person succeed in their ventures and just feeling like in touch with God, I felt like I was on a soul quest. Well, part of that soul quest, I came down the mountain and I broke two of my toes and I was in denial. I was in denial. And and it hit me that there's so many things I'm in denial about in life and that God has to reveal that to me. And sometimes it is low self-esteem. And a lot of times it's me rushing a process. It's me rushing to get to a finish line. And in that case, I was having food cravings and I was making my my rewards in life, my goals in life too small. And I remember coming down the mountain from like these beautiful heights of Mount Avery and Carabasset Valley, um, Maine, and these gorgeous roots that had been there for hundreds of years, and my foot got snagged underneath it. And, um, and I realized that like, as much as I want to keep keep going this couple weeks, it's fall, I want to go back on the mountains, it's so beautiful. God's like, you're gonna get a timeout Chickie, because you keep going and you don't rest. I rest, I get great sleep, but I mean like I don't I don't sit there to reflect. I don't sit there to meditate. I always wanna rush the process. I always wanna to get to the next destination. And I look at the big book, I look at how I binged and restricted, I look at how I never felt like I had arrived or I had to keep getting to that next pinnacle. And I think that this program constantly reminds me of um, where I'm at exactly where I need to be because that's God's script. And the serenity prayer, uh, the whole version and the whole um, upon awakening is really helping me just understand that I don't get to direct the trail. I don't get to direct the timing. I just get to walk the steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Jackie A. Okay, Joanne, you're up, followed by Kathy F.
14: Good morning, everyone. This is Joanne P from Pennsylvania. Oh my goodness, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. I never even knew that I was a compulsive overeater until two years ago when I found OA. I spent most of my life trying every different remedy that everyone has mentioned. And I just want to thank all of you for your shares and yeah, for this program and this um, the recovery that I hear in you. I've learned so much, um, so much. And I do believe that it is by the grace of God, as my God of my understanding that I'm here today and um, that I have found recovery through the help of all of you and, of course, our program and the 12 steps. But most of all, by the grace of God, I I came into this program thinking something was wrong with me. I needed a psychiatrist. I could lose weight and then I gained it back again and more. And I spent most of my life doing this and thinking I was crazy until I read the doctor's opinion and thought, my God, I have a disease. I have an obsession of the mind and, um, yeah, and an allergy to the food. So, yeah, here I am, um, abstinent since the end of March and um, working with my sponsor and with sponsors to hopefully help them to find um, the peace and the serenity and the love that that I have found in this program through recovering, and working with steps and complete surrender and abstinence and um, yeah, I just love all of you. I'm so grateful to be here. With that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Joanne. Okay, Kathy S. You're up, followed by Sharon P.
3: Thanks, Katie. This is Kathy S., recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia, and um, yeah, this was my uh experience, and we 've all shared trying every imaginable remedy and um, and there was brief recovery for me too, so I thought uh in rehab where they did try to make a normal eater out of me and uh by by basically forcing and enforcing moderation and the things that I ate, Nutella on toast, I would call my kids and'm like, oh my god, you 're not going to believe what i 'm having for breakfast and and not even doing, and then I was also not doing any exercise and and uh, we would go to fast food restaurants as tests and and they would say, "But you know, try to leave a little on your plate, try to stop when you're full, and I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm just not used to it. I could never do it and uh, And I came back i was but you know when I was there, I was monitored constantly, we had to report in um we we were. I mean, I was just checked in. I was held accountable. I was in a house with three other girls that, you know, we were all binge eaters, but I was not about to eat anybody else's food. And, and we would, we would make our food in it. It had every, all of my alcoholic ingredients in it, but, you know, again, being monitored, being checked, being in basically a lab setting. I was far away from my family in Arizona and, um, you know, constantly in meeting with therapists and in group sessions. So I guess you could say it worked, but reality is that's not life. And, um, and I have heard things that, and so there was followed up by a terrible relapse um, and I was so confused about that. But the truth is I am a real compulsive overeater and I do have a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And, and um, you know, it, I love this sentence, or I don't love the sentence, that science may one day make a normal drinker out of an alcoholic. And that's a big fear I have, actually, because I think if, if there was a pill I could take to stop me from being a compulsive overeater, of course, in my disease, I would take it. But I would miss out on the joy and the and just everything good about recovery, which is my relationship with God. And my relationship with humanity today and with the world at large um, and with more importantly, even with myself, I would never have pursued the steps and gotten to where I am today with the recovery, the just the, the peace that I have, the promises that are all true in my life, if it weren't for the work that had to be done by doing the steps on a daily basis. And um, I could go on for a very long time about that. I'm just grateful for the fact that we have 12 steps and not a quick fix for this. Um, And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Kathy Um, S and Sharon P. You're up followed by Julie B.
15: Good morning, it's Sharon P from Delray Beach, Florida. Um, Thank you all for your shares. I have to tell you that my, I love this line that says, we have tried every imaginable remedy. There's been brief recovery followed by still worse relapse. That was my life. You know, I started with probably maybe I was 16 with the diet doctors and the pills, and then they weren't strong enough, and then more pills, and more pills, and more pills. And and finally, I couldn't do the pills anymore. So then um, came along Weight Watchers and every other possible means of trying to lose weight, which never worked. I would start a diet every Monday. Sometimes it would last a day, sometimes a week, sometimes an hour. You know, and. Um, I, that went on for years and years and years, and finally, even when I came into program, you know, I knew I when I came into OA forty six years ago, I knew I was home, but I couldn't, I couldn't uh, do it your way. I still had to do it my way, and it took me a long time in program to finally surrender, like somebody says, surrender, 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 and so from there. Is really where my journey started, um, and thank you God, I never left the rooms um, and It just took a long, long time for me you know they say in um, in the paragraph that we read yesterday it talks about the disease the illness being progressive, but today I believe that the recovery is progressive as well um, I stayed around all these years, never left. And I think that God gave me the the gift of persistence. Um, And one day at a time, I mean, my last relapse was probably about 15 years ago, uh, which is another whole story. But I'm so grateful to be here. And I've been on Vision now, listening about a year. And it has kind of given me the last piece of the puzzle, which I am. loving and i just want to thank everybody for being there and thank you for letting me share
1: thank you sharon
0: p julie b you're up followed by callie c
11: thank you katie good morning everyone Tully with a t spelled like tully t-u-l-l-y um recovered by the grace of god for today and I am in California, and, you know, I love this more about alcoholism. I could read it every day. In fact, I did read it every day for a long time because I needed to get this this through my head. I mean, um, the disease of um, food addiction and food compulsion is so gigantic that I forget, you know, how I came to the beatings on my knees, how it was. Um, gets blurry because I truly believe that, um, that that's part of the disease, you know. Just forget how bad it was. And to me, that what really sticks out, the gift of this paragraph is that I have, I have given up control. Finally, I have given up control over those uh, substances that used to take me out. And that today you know surrendering to God is key, it's number one, and it amazes me how sometimes you know i may I might miss miss my meeting uh because I oversleep or there's something happening in my life, and you know what my practices go out the window, and then all of a sudden I notice that I'm having not a good day. That you know, I'm restless, irritable, irritable, discontent. And then I do a tent, and I go, "Oh my goodness, I forgot! You know, I forgot to check in with God. I forgot to surrender my food. I'm not praying before I eat. You know, I am back running the show. So for me, coming back every day to my medicine is number one. And you guys keep me. On my toes you guys you know you guys help me every day to commit on a daily basis three times a day to this way of life and i wouldn't trade it for anything it's a beautiful way to live so keep coming back everyone and i thank you from the bottom of my heart have a good day i'm out with that
0: thank you Tolly. Uh, and Callie C, you're up, followed by Cheryl L. And we have five minutes, so if you could each take two and a half, that'd be awesome.
16: Is, uh, did you say Callie C is up? Is that me? Yes, please. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I lost lost the order. Uh, I just when I when I read this little paragraph, you know, it's a little bit. It's packed. It's um. Especially the part that says I've, we've tried everything imag we have tried every imaginable remedy, and my goodness, that combined with how brilliant we are, we're just so smart. We have it all figured out. We have, and when that doesn't work, then we we go and we find another remedy and another remedy and another remedy, and they're all they're all such great ideas, aren't they? Until they're not, and then we fall, and it's it's awful, and you know just. Feeling like you have no legs. What a great analogy. I just, I, I love this little paragraph. It's, um, like we are like the men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. And yeah, we might, you, know, like uh, some of the earlier shared about how advances in, in medicine and stuff are, are, are making it so that we can grow tissue and and things like that. And but if if we just if we just consider ourselves to be like the men who lost their legs and 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 we just see ourselves like that and realize that we don't know it all and that we're not really that smart because the disease is smarter and fools us and is so sneaky and stealthy if and if we can just keep that in mind and don't trust <laughs> our judgment and just um. Just trust in our higher power, I think we're just we'll just be in in such a such a great place. I um I had a spiritual awakening actually before I ever came to O A, and that's what brought me here. Was that just remembering that God is there for us, the God of our understanding is is there for us um, no no matter what. Just we. I especially have a very, very close relationship with my higher power, and that's the only thing that ever kept me out of, um, not kept me, I should say, because I, I would forget to pray or, you know, how I relate to my higher power. I would, I would forget that all the time, and I would forget to reach out. And that's what OA does for me is um, it just keeps that ever present in my mind that not to trust this disease and not to trust the, the little Conversations that go on in my head, but I'm not to trust the time, lie, please, and just to trust my higher power. So I'm, I'm grateful today with that I passed.
0: Thank you, Callie. Okay, Cheryl L. You'll be our last share for today. You have just a little over a minute. Good
9: morning, everyone. My name is Cheryl L. I am from New Hampshire. Um, this is my first time on the on the call um, speaking and i've got 7 days of abstinence today um grateful for that but i know that there's so much more that i need to do um i have been um i've had recovery um i had 7 years and i chose to um go out and try it on my own again and i can tell you that it does not it does not get better um it does get worse and uh i've been listening to all of the speakers today and some of the things that I've picked up on is um, the remedies that I tried in order to control my eating, um, psychological approaches and exercise and moderating my eating, trying to control uh, what I put in my mouth. But that was not, none of those were really effective. Um, and the question I asked myself today is, where was the spiritual reliance? And and that really was what took me back out, was that I was relying on my own my own power to stay abstinent in the past. Um, I have to, um, I really have to, to lean on the accomplishments, um, of all of you and not on the accomplishments of myself to help me to feel better and to, um, and to get this program. Um, I, I can, um, I can definitely take, pick up that thing of running the show, you know, um, I started again week after week with, with trying to do this, um, this not the program, but to try hey, Cheryl, to- Cheryl, but
0: um, that's time. We need to close the meeting. Okay,
9: okay sorry, I had it on a timer, but um, that's it. Thank you.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much, um, everyone who shared. And uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, September 27th, 7 a.m. meeting is 1,000. I mean, 19,452. That's one nine four five two. And we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Colleen M., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Colleen M. from Maryland.